Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Hi, writers. Welcome to episode number 41 of How Do You Write? I'm Rachel Heron, and I'm so glad that you're here. Today, as I record, it is March 29th, and I am talking to Cherie Greer, who you will love. It was one of those interviews that just filled me with inspiration to the point where I literally finished talking to her and moved to my standing desk and just wrote by hand because it felt really good. So um, you'll love the interview. She's dynamic and fabulous. So enjoy that. A little catch up. Um, Something happened last week that is mildly exciting. I would say that it is like wildly hair-tearingly exciting, but it's in the publishing world. So um, I can't tell you what it is. I'm sorry. And it's really, honestly, it's a minor thing, but it is kind of exciting. Um, Somebody basically reached out and tapped my agent and said, hey, that thriller that Rachel's working on. Um, what are you thinking about it? So instead of working on my thriller this week, I am, you know, moving to the end, which is what I usually do. Instead of moving to the end, I'm actually going back to the beginning and, um, revising the first hundred pages, um, in order to show this person the first hundred pages. So, um, this is definitely not my process. This is, uh, definitely a leap away from my process because, in my world, I don't know what a book wants to be until it's done. And then I go back and revise it into the right shape. Um, I'm also having to <laughs> to revise the synopsis. And you guys, synopses suck. Everyone, everyone knows that synopses just suck so hard. Um, and the truth is when you write a synopsis in the first place, uh, you write it with the knowledge you're never going to write that book. That's the truth. You just don't know what kind of book you're going to write until you write it. The synopsis is merely something you give to your agent or to an editor to say, this is what I think I'm going to write. And then that doesn't happen. So now that I'm, you know, a little bit more than halfway, maybe maybe almost two thirds of the way done with the book, I went back to my original synopsis and nothing, nothing fits. So I'm basically rewriting that from scratch. So that's actually taking more time than the revision of the words. Um, so that's what I've been working on. It's really fun. Actually, you know, I love revision so much. So it was this, it was this candy that was handed to me. Oh, shucks. I have to go revise. Um, the reason I think it's dangerous is that when you revise something, every single time you touch it, every single time you look at it or read it, it becomes more precious to you. Uh, therefore, Things that are precious are very hard to throw out. And oftentimes in a manuscript, things need to be thrown out. We can't get attached to them. So I prefer to be hands off until I know what the book is. Um, That said, I have to do this. It's my job. So it's fun. So that's been great. The weather is fantastic. It's a beautiful 72 degrees outside. I just drove back from the library with um, my top down on my smart car because I am that cool. There's really like nothing cool about a smart car convertible. You look like a dork, but um, I'm a happy dork. And just gearing up for Venice. I leave in a week. 
Um, I'll have one more interview to record with you next week, and then I'll be gone for a couple of weeks and finish with my writing retreat. So uh, I'm just kind of giddy about that and giddy about a lot of things. Um, feels good. So let's jump into the interview. I know you're going to enjoy Cherie, and I hope that you get some good writing time in there, and I'll talk to you soon. Hey, you're a writer. Did you know that I send out a free weekly email of writing encouragement? Go sign up for it at rachelherron.com slash write. And you'll also get my Stop Stalling and Write PDF with helpful tips you can use today to get some of your own writing done. Okay, now on to the interview. Well, I am so, so very pleased today to welcome Cherie Greer. Hi, Cherie. Hi, Rachel. How are you? I'm so good. So happy to talk to you. Let me give you a quick introduction for those who might not know you. A Milwaukee, Wisconsin native, Cherie L. Greer founded the Kitchen Table Literary Arts Center to showcase and support the work of ancestor, elder, and contemporary women writers of color. The author of two novels, Let the Lover Be and A Return to Arms, and the short story collection, Once and Future Lovers, Cherie recently published a writing guide for student writers, Stop Writing Whack Essays, which is awesome. Uh, she is a Vona alum with work featured on Very Smart Brothers, Autostraddle, Ms. Fit Magazine, and Hypertext. Cherie teaches composition, creative writing, fiction workshop, and African-American literature at St. Petersburg College in Florida. Welcome. That is a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I've been busy. <laughs> that's a, I've yeah, been busy. That's an awesome, I've been busy. awesome bio. Um, so this is, as you already know, this is all about process and how you mm-hmm. write. And I would okay. like to know what is the best time for a time of day for you to write and where do you write? Um, the best time of day is any time I can be left alone. Um, and... Um, that varies depending on uh, whether it is during the semester, um, whether it's the summertime, whether I have house guests or not, um, uh, what my fiance's schedule is like. And so it's, so it varies between like really early in the morning mm-hmm. um, or really, really late at night. Um, I've been fortunate enough that um, I don't teach on Fridays. And so for a good portion of those first two novels, I wrote primarily on Fridays, like wow. all day Friday, because my fiance is at work. So she's you know not here to, to, to bother me. And yeah. I'm just kind of here. And so you write there? Alone at work. Yeah, mostly at home uh, in my office. Um, I, I, I used to think that I had to be like squirreled away and you know, kind of that whole kind of, you know, introverted, just secret lock away kind of cap situation. But um, I found that I can write anywhere. If I can, again, be left alone. Mm-hmm. Um, I write to music all the time. So I put my headphones on and I can just go there so I can be anywhere. So if I get a little tired of being in my office, which I don't really because I love my office a lot. <laughs> but um, sometimes if I want to be outside or uh you know, go get lunch. I'll take uh, my journal with me or my laptop with me. And so anywhere, actually. Have you had success writing outside? For some reason to me, that sounds really romantic and I always do it. But then when I get to the outside, <laughs> to the park bench or whatever, I get too distracted and too interested in the world. Yeah. yeah you just start like thinking instead of writing. Yeah, and yeah. then if it's that nice breeze or not, oh, ducks, you know, like you can't. <laughs> the sun's kind of not at the right angle. Yeah. yeah it gets hat. tough. 
it gets stuff. So I'm mostly journal writing when yeah. um when I when I'm out and about. So I did I tried writing at the beach once, oh. and that didn't. That oh. <laughs> but that didn't the, the but the image of it is just perfection. Yeah, isn't it? Like oh, you just lay back and you know, <laughs> nah, not even. And how do you write? Are you primarily longhand, computer? Um, I am a huge journaler. Like I handwrite almost, I would say 95% of everything I've ever written started in a journal. So um, I handwrite and uh, then, you know, then transcribe the, the draft or expanded or you know whatever sometimes it's just a few ideas or dialogue and then once I start typing it I'll switch completely over to being on the computer but um I handwrite mostly that is really cool I'm a little bit jealous I again I love the image of handwriting and I just don't do it (laughs) but it's getting worse my handwriting is getting worse and worse with each passing year so it's like I'll I'll write something and I'm you know I'm inspired so I'm just you know scribbling (laughs) And then when I go back to type it up, I'm like, what the hell does that say? <laughs> I don't even know what that says. And like, Isn't that shit, frustrating? That was a great sentence. Oh. It was probably the perfect sentence. <laughs> it was probably the perfect <laughs> sentence. Um, what is the worst writing advice you've ever been given? Um, worst. I think, and this, this just recently, and when I say recently, I mean the last couple years, um, I was told not to think about audience like at mm. all. And a lot of people still say that and still feel like, you know, don't think about audience, just write, you know, from your heart or, or, you know, write, write what you feel. Don't worry about audience. And, um, I've been thinking, doing the opposite actually. And I've been thinking a lot about who I'm writing to mm-hmm. and who I'm writing for. And um, I did a workshop with Kiese Lehman, who's like one of my all-time favorite uh, contemporary writers. And he really brought that concept uh, to the fore. Um, you know, who who are you thinking of when you're writing a story? Um, because I, I feel like thinking about audience in that way, and maybe when people say don't think about audience, they're more like, don't think about maybe book sales or who's going to like your book and um, but I feel like if that's what you're saying, then say that, like, right, right. Don't think about sales, right. And don't think about genre, but you have to think about your audience and who, who are you speaking to? Because it changes, I think, depending on, you know, who, who you feel like you're writing for, like whose story are you trying to tell and to whom are you trying to tell it? You know? Do you have an ideal reader that you are mostly writing to? Um, I think I write to, and this sounds so, it sounds bad when I say it. I, I think I'm writing to myself a lot. I love um, that. And maybe, maybe me not right in this moment, but me some time ago. Oh. Um, and what was I looking for? Because I've always been an avid reader. So it's like, what was I looking for? What would, have, what would the 14-year-old Cherie um, be looking for in a book or what would the 25 year old Cherie be mm-hmm. looking for in a um, and so I think I think about that and um, how does that play out in terms of um, the things that I've been holding on to for you know all this time and how do they make themselves 
um, into story and into other characters and, and things like that, I think. That's, so that's lovely. I love yeah. that. What secret writing tip of awesomeness did you discover the hard way? Uh, I got notes right here. <laughs> um, I guess I discovered you can't, you can't half as writing. Like you have to, <laughs> you can't, because I, I do a lot of stuff and part of it, my sister tells me my, uh, my younger sister, uh, does tarot readings mm-hmm. and shit. And she's, uh, so she tells me all the time that, so she's in the sun signs and everything. And she says that as a Virgo, I'm, you know, I'm, I thrive in productivity and all this stuff. And I, I, I buy it. I think I do. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, thrive on being busy and doing stuff all the virgos so, i've ever known are just like that yeah they just do 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 right <laughs> yes. what's what's your sign i'm cancer you're a cancer so i'm in okay. my i'm my in my home cancer oh yeah she? yeah take my home with me yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> i unpack in a hotel room you know <laughs> so um yeah so i'm always doing stuff but then i i find I found out the hard way through some projects that didn't really get where I wanted them to get or projects that, um, that I've, I've sort of left somewhere. And I, I think about them all the time, um, focus and, mm-hmm. uh, streamlining and, and monotasking, um, mm-hmm. is important. And, you know, I'm just now realizing that, um, it's great to have all these different ideas and to do all these different things. But at, at some point you've got to narrow the focus down, particularly if you're writing something important and you feel that it's important, which would be most things. I think uh, when you're yeah. a writer, what does it mean to say, no, this is the thing that I'm doing and I need to see it through. Um, and I can't compromise that. And so that's been tough for me because I've, I'm a people pleaser too, so I don't like saying no, but in order to get that focus, you kind of have to start telling people no and, you know, kind of falling back and, and, and focusing, I think. So. Have you heard of that book, um, Deep Work? No, I haven't. By Cal Newport. Um, yeah, called Deep Work. And that's his, that's basically his primary thesis is, um, why, why our deep work is important and why we need to monotask. that deep work because I think that people like me and people that I'm guessing you are we we've gotten pretty far by being able to do a lot quickly and well Mm -hmm. but what Mm -hmm. that means is doing a lot of things at once and and I know personally I forget that my writing is the most important thing and I need to monotask that and I need to prioritize it yeah that's absolutely perfect yeah I recommend that book okay I got it can you give us a quick craft tip of any sort um, craft tip, I would say first, I guess I would say like thinking about, thinking about journaling, um, the way I do it, um, it automatically gets sort of this layer of, um, being personal and, mm-hmm. and layered in a way. And so when, when you get stuck with a character, and you don't know what his or her motivations are or what uh, he or she needs to do next or wants to do next. I always journal as that character. Mm. So 
and you can do it for like five minutes or 10 minutes and just like, it's almost like method acting, I guess, yes. where just journal as that character. What did that character do that day? Or why is that character pissed off? Or why is that character happy? And then write as that character in first person, like totally become that character. And then whether you use it or not in the actual manuscript, who knows? Right. But you sort of dive into the feelings and the innermost kind of thoughts and, and emotions of that character. So using, um, using journaling as a tool to, to uncover character, I think that's my, that's my craft tip. That's wonderful. And I'm going to try it. I've never, (laughs) I've never tried that, but it seems like that would really inform your own subconscious of Mm -hmm. who this Mm -hmm. person is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want to try it. I want to try it right now. <laughs> On um, really bad days, if you couldn't teach and you couldn't write, those were just off, off your, off. You couldn't do it. What other profession do you would you wish to have? So I instantly thought about when you asked that because I, I instantly thought about um, when I was when I was a kid and the things I liked to do then, and I wanted to be a magician. Love that. Or a mechanic. Oh, I like that too. <laughs> Interesting. So, They're both very tactile, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're working so, tricks with your hands. Yeah. So I was thinking about that now and magician, being a magician now, I think would be just so much different because so much of it is like, it seems so cerebral. I liked like tricks, like I'm a saw lady in half. Hey, pull the <laughs> rabbit so, out of the hat, yeah, literally. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, and then being a mechanic, I don't know if, if I had to choose today, I feel I, it's still using my hands. Though. I feel like I would want to have like a flower shop or a garden store or something. Mm. And cause I love plants and flowers and nature and, and, uh, to have the excuse to like learn everything about a particular type of plant and then, you know, tell people how great it is or something. I don't know. A garden, had- yeah. I had, one, I had one character who was a mechanic, a female uh-huh. female mechanic, and she owned the, the body shop and, and fueling station. And inside the gas station, she sold plants. So, what? <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, so I understand that. It was good. And I really liked being her for that time that I was writing. Now, let me ask you this. Just because of that, that whole tactile thing that you've got going on there now, do you have any hobbies right now that are like that, that use your hands uh-huh. in that way? I am just sort of getting into gardening now. I just uh, bought a house last year. Congratulations. Um, thank you. So I'm just getting into gardening and landscaping and things at my own home. Uh, but I, I used to work in, in gardens with my grandfather and, and my grand and my granny. Um, other than what else do I do? I, I clean my albums and listen to albums. Oh, and replace yes. And all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. So you do have that still. Yeah, there's nothing yeah. like getting your hands in the dirt, though, and it's like there's great. nothing for it's soul great. cleansing. I I read this thing where there's there's like antidepressant microbes in dirt or something, and you can feel that. I mean, that. it might have been fake news. I don't know, but <laughs> I really felt like it was. I'm like, no, I think that's true. I yeah. absolutely feel that. Did you feel the, better? Yes, I the day of the pulse shooting 
I went into the garden and spent like six hours of hard, heavy labor. Mm. labor. The only thing I wanted yeah. to do was get dirty and move things across yeah. the yard and, and it released something, you know? Yeah. 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 And my exactly. mom was always like that. If I think maybe it gets yeah. passed down through generations too, but you maybe. know, I was raised in the garden with my mom and dad too. So, yeah. 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 If you were starting over as a new writer right now, what advice would you give baby Cherie writer? Uh, to have more patience. Um, I am, I am completely grateful for the ways my work has been able to get into the world, but I also feel like I rushed things mm-hmm. and I had this feeling of, uh, because I, I, I changed careers. I was a business analyst for a while. Oh, wow, that's a large yeah. departure. Well, my, 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 um, my undergraduate degree is in HR and IT. Wow. <laughs> and so I did that for a while and, and, you know, writing was always something just, I did and I thought it could be a hobby maybe. And, um, I realized it was not like, this is, it's more than that. And I owe it to myself to try to figure out, um, how much more. And so I quit doing that and I went to graduate school to get my MFA. Um, and so when I finished my MFA, I freaked out like, okay, what now, you know? And so a lot of rejections. Um, I, I, I gave up on a particular project that I felt very close to, to write something else that ended up kind of leading me down this path. So I don't regret anything. I don't think anything mm-hmm. is ever wasted ever. Um, so I'm very happy to be where I am, how I am, um, still learning. Uh, but I would tell the younger me, just, just be patient uh, because I, I felt desperate at that time. Mm-hmm. But I think impatience feels a lot like desperation mm. if you're not. Um, so mm-hmm. I would just say, you know, take your time. You know, the publishing industry ain't going nowhere. Um, <laughs> you know, do your work and, um, you know, you'll you'll find your way. That's uh, that's what I would tell myself. I love that. So. That's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> and and yes, impatience does feel like desperation. I'm I'm a very impatient person, and yeah. on a on a daily basis, I feel desperate about it. <laughs> I don't enjoy it. <laughs> what What would you like to plug right now? Tell us about where we can find you and what we should read. Okay, I am on all the social. Well, I keep saying I'm on all the social medias, but I mean that as being someone over 35. So when I'm like, I'm on all the social medias, they're like, what's your Snapchat? I'm like, eh? <laughs> so I'm on Tumblr and Facebook and Twitter, Cherie L. Greer, uh, to keep it okay. simple on That's Instagram too. Um, smart. I, March is actually, uh, a book birthday month for me. Um, a return to arms is a year old this, this month. Fantastic. Um, and it's been really interesting seeing um, that uh, that new YA novel, The Hate You Give, uh, because that is a it's it's it it, it reminds me a, a lot of where when I read interviews uh, with the with uh, by, with the author, a lot of the things she's talking about is where I was when I was writing A Return to Arms. So it is it's a it's a, a Black Lives Matter inspired novel. It's set in South St. Pete. Uh, Florida. Um, it is. Uh, it has. Uh, it's informed by the um, uh, murder of Trayvon Martin, mm-hmm. um, but it also sort of loosely chronicles 
uh, a, a very similar shooting in St. Petersburg, Florida in 1996. Wow. Um, I don't really use dates mm-hmm. uh, because part of the thing that moved me so much when I was writing the novel was that the dates almost didn't matter in this like really depressing in a way. horrible way. Um, and so here's this, this murder of this young man in St. Pete uh, by a police officer in 96, Tyron Lewis. And then here are all these stories, you know, being propelled through hashtags and this Black Lives Matter movement. And the 20 years between them don't matter. Mm. And then you get to thinking, well, then you think Emmett Till. And then it's like all of these years never matter. Then it's like, damn, do we make any progress at all? Um, in a lot of ways, yes. But in a lot of ways, no. And that that shit hurt. And so yeah. the book is... um uh, it, it, uh, it was in, uh, Ebony magazine, um, uh, one of the, the top 10 to read. And every time I, I talk about it, I think about how difficult that book was to write. And so for it to be a year old feels mm-hmm. like, I don't know, it feels, it's, it, it feels strange cause it still feels so immediate to mm-hmm. me. Um, and I haven't read a whole lot from it, like, um, at any readings or anything. Cause I'm always scared. I'm gonna start crying or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that book being a year old and, um, just really being proud of that book in a way that, um, I didn't, I mean, I was very proud of my first novel as well, but this one, um, was the first time that I was asking some, I was asking questions about the world around me. Whereas my first book, I was more asking questions of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I want to plug that. And then I want to plug Kitchen Table uh, Literary Arts Center, my nonprofit. Um, we have online classes for women of color writers. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, that's what we got. Kitchen-table.org. And I will link that in the show notes for anyone cool. who wants to go there. And uh, Return to Arms is I'm going to step away from the from our interview and go one, cl- one click it. Okay. on Amazon. Cool. That'll be my cool. next read. It sounds oh, wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. It's thank been you. such a pleasure having you. Right. Thank Thanks you for so sharing much. your time with thank me. Thank you. Thank All you. Right. I enjoyed this so much. I it was know, great. Me too. It was so nice <laughs> meeting you. And thank happy you. writing to you. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. You too. Okay. Bye. Peace. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write? You can reach me on Twitter, Rachel Heron, or at my website, rachelheron.com. You can also support me on Patreon and get essays on living your creative life for as little as a buck an essay at patreon.com slash Rachel, spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And do sign up for my free weekly newsletter of encouragement to writers at rachelheron.com slash write. Now go to your desk and create your own process. Get to writing, my friends. Mm-hmm.